welcome to Good Things Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Honey. There are a lot of negative, discouraging, and even scary things going on in the world today. It's easy for me to start catastrophizing if I focus on it long enough, but the Bible tells us that God works for the good of those who love Him. And as we read more of the Bible, we can see that good doesn't always mean easy. And this is the podcast that reminds us that God is good, no matter what the circumstances and whether we believe it or not, because life is hard and messy, but God is good and doesn't change. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Good Things Podcast. I am Emily Honey, and I am doing this as the first solo episode. So I am missing Charlie a bit today, but I know you're really going to enjoy my guest today. So I can't wait for you to hear her and the conversation we had. But first, can you do a favor for me? Go to your podcast app right now, whatever one you're using, and just hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, because I have some really fun and inspiring interviews lined up, and I really love to share them with you. So make sure that you're subscribed. And if you are already subscribed and you really want to help me out in some other way, go ahead and go in that podcast app, especially Apple iTunes, and leave me a five-star rating and a comment, because that's going to really help increase visibility of the show for people who are looking for something like this that's encouraging and focuses on the good things that God is doing right now. So thanks so much for doing that. I really appreciate you listening. Let's get to the good stuff though. Today I'm talking with April from Happy Hymnody and you're in for a real treat. I know that after listening to our conversation, you're going to be inspired to learn hymns and to worship Jesus through song, and I'll just be really shocked if you aren't, because she is super passionate about learning hymns and sharing hymns with people and worshiping Jesus through song, and I know you're just really going to enjoy listening to our conversation. Oh, and fair warning, I cry at least twice. If you've listened before, you know that I am a big crier, but I tear up a few times in this one. So if you're a sympathetic crier like I am, go ahead and grab some tissues because you might just want to have those on hand while you listen. Hi, April. How are you today? I'm great. I'm a little hurried and flustered, but besides that, I'm I'm fantastic and ready to to meet the day head on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little earlier where you are than why I I am. So I can see it'd be hard to kind of get things together. Kids in the morning. It's definitely 830 feels like, um, 630 sometimes around here. I don't know why I think that everyone is having a hard morning, but yes, (laughs) we're fine. We're good. Good. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family and all that stuff. Well, let's see. I have been married to my husband, Derek, about 16 years. Um, He is a full-time high school teacher and Mm -hmm. um, in part-time ministry at our church. We have four children. Um, Eliora is 11, Aviel is nine, and Judah is eight. And then we have little Peregrine who just turned two and Mm -hmm. is wild and spunky and Keeps our home very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, we, um, I grew up in Anaheim, California, and we're still here. And we have just loads of friends exiting California right now. As you can yeah. imagine, it's the popular thing to do. But we just, we are going to stay here until God says definitely this is not the place for you anymore. And here is a new place for you to be. And I just can't imagine being without the beautiful weather here and the yeah. uh, the ocean and the mountains nearby. It's just, it has my heart. So yeah. Um, what is the weather like there? It's I'm, I've literally never visited California. So, so it's beautiful, like, like almost all the time mm-hmm. it's within the range of 70 to 85, like, and pretty much never. That sounds go- terrible. <laughs> Um, however during the fall there is a it's sort of this big like second summer and we're just yeah I think we're kind of making our way out of that part hopefully like it's starting to cool down and we have 
cool nights and stuff. So yeah, it's gorgeous. I, I can't awesome. complain ever about the weather because it's just, it's beautiful all the way around. I have the distinct privilege of staying home with my children and I get to educate them from home. Yeah. And we do this around the table on the couch in jammies out, mm-hmm. of, out in nature and out in museums or whatnot. We use a Charlotte Mason method with our children, which means we're kind of always in the middle of a piece of living literature instead of a textbook. Right now we're reading Little Women and Shakespeare. I love it. Love it. It's amazing. And I, sometimes I just can't even like believe like the beauty that I get to like experience along with my children. Yes. Um, I never read any of these classics when I was their age or even older. So it's the first time for me for many of them. And I just, it's amazing. It's amazing. Do it. I just am amazed all the time. Anyway, we do a lot of narration or telling back um, what we're reading in our own words. We study art, composers, of course, Latin, mathematics, poetry, and um, we spend a lot of time outdoors observing and interacting with God's creation firsthand. Yeah. Um, a lot of our time is dedicated, of course, to habit training, which mm-hmm. is not the most wonderful and glorious thing, but it's it's good in the long run. Piano lessons, guitar lessons, voice lessons, and of course, serving at our church. And then through all of the busyness, making sure that we still have a peaceful, warm home to return to, which is not completely destroyed in the path of yes. all the craziness of toddlerhood and homeschooling. And that's not yeah. like attainable very often, but sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, it is a lot. I think that it's so cool to, I homeschool my children also. And so it's so cool to get to have like an entire lifestyle of learning. Yeah. It's not just like, here's the learning over here. It's like, here's all, I think it's, um, Sarah McKenzie talks about spreading a feast. I think that's a Charlotte Mason thing also, um, of learning. And I, I just love that. So that's amazing. It's very organic, very natural. If we are baking during the day, that's our math or whatnot. Yes. Yes. Fractions are so much better when you end up with cookies, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. So April, the reason I ask you on here is because I've actually followed your Instagram and your YouTube and things for a couple of years. Now you have a channel on YouTube and you have a website, I guess a blog, and you also have the Instagram of happy hymnity. And so I'd love for you to tell me about that. Well, um, happy hymnity is a community of believers Um, who want to worship God along with their families using a vast treasure of ancient and modern hymns. Many of the families who sing along with us are homeschoolers, as you can Mm -hmm. imagine, who find great value in memorizing and studying and reciting and singing psalms, poetry, and hymns just across the board poetry, but um, especially hymns. Lots of churches have joined us in singing our hymn of the month every month. We take one hymn and just concentrate it all month on it all month long and learn it and memorize it, flesh it out, kind of get out all of its meaning and just kind of form a relationship with it and have it be just part of who we are. So churches join with us doing that and private schools and and homes pretty much all over the world. My, My little, well, on my site where I see where people are coming from, I'm never cease to be amazed at some of these countries where whether or not they're missionaries with their children or, or whatnot. Like I just, I'm always amazed at the, the worldwide group of people that are joining along with us. And that's just bonkers to me. Yeah, It's just <laughs> such a beautiful picture of like the, the body of Christ is everywhere. Like that the yeah, family of believers is worldwide. It's easy to forget and think like it's just right here where we are, but it's really, we're not alone. We have, we have the whole world worshiping alongside us and, and it's just a really neat picture of, of that, that been such a blessing. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I want to talk a little bit more about that. So tell us what hymnody means, because when I came across you, I was like, I don't even know what that word means. I never heard it before. So you're not alone. Actually, I'm really glad you asked because that word gets butchered quite often when, (laughs) 
in its pronunciation, especially you said it correctly. It, oh, good. <laughs> I looked it up when I first read it. I was like, I don't even know how to say it. So <laughs> it's hymnody. A lot of people say hymnody because mm. they, they think him doesn't have that end sound. So they just put a D on the end. So mm-hmm. hymnody, but it's actually hymnody that N like sticks out when you say the whole word, but mm-hmm. So hymnody is simply singing, writing, or composing hymns. And it's an ancient thing, really, and not even just uniquely Christian, but we Christians do have the legitimate cause for hymnody, of course. Mm -hmm. Hymns have continually been written to record God's goodness and deliverance since the beginning and throughout biblical times. Um, The apostles sang written hymns, Jesus himself sang hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, they sang Psalms, of course, primarily, but people wrote other songs of praise to God that didn't make it into the canon of scripture. And after the canon was closed, those are hymns. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I sometimes just get my mind blown about this because can you imagine writing a song writing a song of praise and maybe being an apostle or a friend of Jesus and offering that to, to sing along with Christ and with his disciples. So you've written a song of praise, you sing it along with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, The second person of the Trinity is singing a song you wrote to goosebumps. (laughs) I know to God, like that is absolutely mind blowing. I, I, yeah, my, my soul kind of does somersaults when I think about that, but how, I mean, that's what we have to look forward to, right? Like our creativity is not just on this side of, of eternity. We're going to get to continue to be creative in what we write and what we do and what we build throughout all of the new heavens and the new earth and, and Jesus is going to accept that as praise from us and, and sing along with us. And I just, yeah, I blows my mind. Yeah. It, that is awesome. I love that. That totally gives me goosebumps just to think about like how amazing, how amazing. Yeah. That's so good. That's so good. So I want to ask you like, when did you start happy hymnody and what was kind of the impetus for that? What, what, um, you obviously have this love of hymns and what kind of prompted you to want to start something to share that with everybody, with other believers. It was an absolute accident. It was not <laughs> ever something I imagined or intended to do. I was not on this great quest to um, make hymns part of people's families mm-hmm. experience. It was, it was totally and completely, I guess a God thing. 11 years ago, when my husband and I had our sweet little Eliora, and then 15 months after that, Abiel entered the picture, Mm -hmm. we were always in a kind of a bedtime panic. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you understand when you when you put a child to bed, you're just wanting them to stay asleep, you do everything in your might to be able to to get them to bed. There's no bedtime routine. There's no bathing. There's no, I mean, I guess you could probably do those things though. We're never good at bathing our children for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) We're sporadic at best at bathing our children. (laughs) Anyway, we just, we never had any sort of routine. And I remember reading some, some email came to me and said, do you have a bedtime routine? And I was like, we don't, we just need them to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And so we just kind of talked about what, what we should be doing. We didn't want anything that would be, you know, a repetition of reading different stories forever and ever without stopping. Yes. Um, We wanted something quick. We wanted something meaningful. We wanted especially to end our day in praise. Um, And so um, having kind of had a a background in hymns, I said, why don't we just sing one hymn all month long? And by the end of that month, perhaps not only we'll have it memorized, but maybe, maybe our children will also have that kind of knitted into their hearts. And, and we did, and we were amazed utterly when we got done with our first hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. And 
at the time, I think she was 18 months old. She knew like every word of every verse. Awesome. And yeah, so we had kind of some friends like had heard us, you know, putting our kids to bed upstairs and Mm -hmm. were wondering what that was about, heard us singing and they started to join us and kind of steamrolled from there. I, I put it out there on my, then my personal Instagram to, if anyone wanted to join with us and sing along with us, that this is the hymn that we're singing. And Mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of the history of it. And it's beautiful and come join us. And, and to my surprise, a few people decided they wanted to join us and it kind of just more people and more people. And I felt God prodding me like, this is, this is a thing. This, this is Mm -hmm. good. And I, I thought maybe we should name this and give it its own identity, its own yeah. profile. And that is when Happy Hymnity was born. Obviously, it's something much bigger now. I went from just kind of saying, this is the hymn. Come join us. Get your right. hymnal. To making printables mm-hmm. for everyone. And if you don't have a hymnal, if you don't have the words in front of you, if you don't want to search for them on the internet, here they are. And I would make it pretty and made it free and made anyone and anyone could come and get it. And then from there, wow. I mean, it's, we have almost 20,000 people singing along with us and it's, I don't know, it's insane. It's absolutely crazy. I had no clue that it would impact anyone that anything like this would develop. So yeah. Just trying to do something to get your kids to fall asleep. Right. And... I just wanted a bedtime routine. Right. And that just happened. So yes. yeah, I love that. I love how God <laughs> uses just those little things and can just make them so much bigger than we expect them to be and can have such a huge impact. That's amazing. I love that. That's so yeah. cool. I'm so thankful. Yeah. That's so awesome. And so you mentioned you kind of have a background in him. So what is your background in hymns and like how, how did that develop? And you actually, you also have a little, um, like curriculum that can be purchased. So you can tell us about some of those things too. Sure. So my sister and I, my, it's just the two of us. We came from a musical family. Mm -hmm. My grandfather was a pianist and organist, and he taught my mom and her sister, to play the piano and organ. And from a very young age, probably about 16, they were pianists in churches and did that their entire lives. My, my mom went to be with Jesus about six years ago and she did it, you know, she was at the piano the entire, her entire life. Um, so obviously there was Christian music happening in our home. Often we would sing hymns and we would learn hymns together, but most of the time it wasn't really worship focused. It wasn't really something that we were doing like intentionally as, as a focus on, on God. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the time it was just a performance based thing. And, mm-hmm. um, which I'm grateful for it. It still was something that God used to stir my heart up for him, I think, but yeah. So while my parents were very devoutly church attenders, I wouldn't, I'm not sure about where their hearts were as far as the Lord was. I think that God did a lot over time, but Mm -hmm. it's interesting to see that it was kind of more of a tradition for them. Something they grew up with. Um, Christianity wasn't Mm -hmm. maybe a a legitimate thing that had sunk down deep, but Mm -hmm. so for us, to sing hymns often, it, it didn't, I don't know, it didn't stick out to me as a religious thing or anyway. So the performances, those were great, but also difficult because it meant we had to be still and we had to learn our part mm-hmm. and we had to, you know, not play for quite a while while we were <laughs> learning hymns. So yeah. um, I didn't have like the best relationship with them at first because I just wanted to not do that right. <laughs> to play and not right. sit still and learn hymns. Yeah, <laughs> sure. From the bondage of this learning and yeah, let me play. Yes. But anyway, as, as time went on, I found myself at an internship at, at my church and 
they were paying my way through Biola University if mm-hmm. I pretty much cleaned toilets. And I mean, among other things, but right. in particular was my, is my memory of cleaning toilets. I, I would grab a hymnal from the pews in the, in the sanctuary. No one was around and I would just open it randomly to whatever hymn. And I wanted to just learn hymns while mm-hmm. I was cleaning toilets. So I, I would figure out what the tune was. I would uh, then try and memorize the words as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, have a hard time cleaning a toilet without singing amazing love. How can it be without (laughs) my God should die for me? I think that's when God really like began to really stir up my affections for him using the words of hymns. And yeah, so I think my relationship with them really began at, at that point. And it was, it was really good for me. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that. I feel like it, it reminds me of the verse, um, do everything without grumbling or arguing, um, <laughs> just because I often have a bad attitude about things like cleaning toilets. And so <laughs> me too. So I feel but, like yeah. it's so, so wonderful to have like cleaning toilets <laughs> remind you of words of praise. That's amazing. I also was a janitor at a church in my undergraduate degree program. So isn't that funny? I like hadn't hadn't thought of it in more than a decade until you said that. And I was like, wow, I have vivid memories of cleaning toilets at churches too. (laughs) I did not sing him. So I was doing it. However, (laughs) so I love that. um, Along with what I do on happy humanity, I have over time kind of gone deeper and made something available for people if they wanted to spend a little bit of money. Um, it's, it's still very low price wise, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I just kind of went, I put everything together, things that would normally just be available, like to read on my website, Mm -hmm. I put in a nice format and put, put the history, put some devotional material in there, put some coloring sheets and lots Mm -hmm. of different copy work pages and kind of put it all together and, and it's, it's beautiful and, and ready to purchase. If, if anyone wanted to grab that, it's, it's yeah. available. And I will post the link to that and to all your YouTube and Instagram, everything in the show notes so that anybody who wants to can find you, but I can also attest that it is beautiful and we have it and we've been using it. And I've, I've really enjoyed the history part because I, really didn't know the origins of most hymns. I grew up, my um, parents are very musical. Also, my dad played guitar and was a music minister for a long time and all this stuff. So um, hymns are very meaningful to me because of that. And just learning the history is so enriching because it is already beautiful words that just have such amazing doctrine and amazing theology and that kind of thing. And then to know like, what the person was experiencing when they wrote it. Right. Incredible. Yeah. It, it, it puts profound meaning into it. Um, I, and I, I don't know why, but I feel like we've missed something when we don't kind of partner, when we're singing a hymn, we don't kind of partner it with mm-hmm. the hymn writer's experience. It just enriches it so much. So yeah, yeah it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, definitely. So I, I really appreciate those. And I feel like even if you don't have kids, if someone listening doesn't have kids, like it would be great to have just for you. Like I said, I've really enjoyed the history and I enjoy coloring. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean, especially when I'm editing a podcast, I have a little bit of hands free time. My ears need to be listening, but my hands are free. And so I will color coloring pages and it's delightful and it helps solidify things in my brain in a way that other things don't. So I would encourage people who don't have children to look into that as well, because it's a great way for you to learn it yourself. So, yeah, so I, I love that, that resource that you offer. So what are some other, you mentioned cleaning toilets and that sort of thing. Are there any other favorite <laughs> memories surrounding him? Is there anything better like than that? cleaning toilets? Let me okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> So there are a lot of hymns that just take me right back to places and Mm -hmm. events that have happened throughout my life. When I think of Ferris Lord Jesus, I think Mm -hmm. of laying out on a bridge under a blanket of stars in Big Sur with 
redwoods up all around, but definitely that canopy of stars totally to be seen out in where I live in Anaheim. We cannot see the stars, maybe one or two, Mm -hmm. um, the light pollution and such is really bad. So we Mm -hmm. can't see them. So when we can, when we're up in the mountains, it's awe-inspiring at best. Uh, It's, it just gets us and makes us worship. And so we just will lay down and sing hymns together while we're looking at the stars and watching Mm -hmm. for shooting stars. And, and that, that song has a line about fair, um, Oh dear, I'm going to botch it and forget it now. But, um, <laughs> That's okay. All the twinkling starry hosts, it mm-hmm. says. So it's perfect. We also had the, the blessed privilege of seeing my mom the, the day before she, when we had no idea that this was going to happen, but before she went to be with Jesus, we, my husband was just feeling particularly prodded that day. And he said, I think we should go visit your mom. We didn't know what was coming, but we, we went and we spent time with her. I was trying to get her to eat. She was going through some sort of, um, when her memory was pretty much failing her and her okay. body was kind of shutting dementia. De- um, yeah. Early onset dementia. Okay. Yeah. Um, so her body was pretty much not wanting to like eat mm-hmm. anymore. And she had just lost a lot of weight and a lot of energy. And mm-hmm. we thought she's going to bounce back from this. It's everything's yeah. going to be fine. And um, we were trying to get her to eat and trying to encourage her. And, and part of that encouragement was we, we got to sing with her pretty much all the verses of there is a fountain filled with blood by William Cooper. Mm-hmm. And the end, one of the verses of that near the end is when this poor lisping, stammering tongue lies silent in the grave, I'll sing a nobler, sweeter song. I'll sing thy power to save. And I, I can't like the tears already forming. I, it's I okay. I'm a, I cry all the time. I'm <laughs> crying too right now. Like you said the words and I was like, nope, I'm going to yeah. cry. we don't often in church get to those verses that are kind of behind there, but again, why? Like, I don't understand why we don't sing all those beautiful verses. Are we in a hurry? What are we doing? What is going on? (laughs) The, the author wrote those and how sad that we don't honor that author and honor what he, the entire beautiful song that he's written. But anyway, we sang that and, and it was our, our last time singing my mom remembered all the words and sang with us and which is something I hear often from from people about parents or grandparents with dementia that they'll they'll have all those words so near and dear to their heart that even in the middle of of their disease they're able to remember everything and sing and gosh I want that to be me when I'm losing it completely. And I don't have my faculties, but I can still sing. I can still worship. And all of those beautiful words just flow out of me. Like I I sign up for that, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I really resonate with that story because my dad passed away about three and a half years ago of a brain cancer, say a brain tumor. And yeah. And so I feel like brain tumors sort of act like dementia because they're putting pressure on your brain and you can't remember things like he had no short-term memory for uh, several months, but the week that he passed away, um, he had written previously like a list of like a hundred hymns he wanted to have sung in his memorial because oh. he was the music minister. He loved hymns. And we we're like, clearly we can't sing all these, but he had just been <laughs> listening his favorites. And so oh. my, my mom and my brother and I, and my dad, um, there's only the four of us in our family sat the week before he died. And we just sang all of them together. And when we didn't know the verses, he still did. And he couldn't remember so many things at that point. He remembered us, like he could recognize us, but he had like one day that week, he woke up from a nap, had no idea he had a brain tumor, like, you know, things like that. So, but he remembered every verse of every song we sang, Mm -hmm. even when we couldn't. And it was just incredible. Yeah. So incredible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. 
And on a happier note, um, and just one last one that I, this just heavy with memory is I would yeah. often sing my Jesus, I love thee to mm-hmm. my babies while I was rocking them. And, and sometimes I would sing it with kind of a grumpy heart too. <laughs> go to sleep. Right. <laughs> yep. But, um, but definitely that was one that I would have on repeat to, to soothe them to sleep. So, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. There's just something, even with the, even with little babies, there's power in speaking truth about about Jesus over them or singing truth about Jesus over them. So that's wonderful. So you may not have a favorite, but you have, you've mentioned favorite memories in that. So are those, would you consider those your favorites or do you have some other favorites as well? I have definite favorites that stick out. It's hard to kind of limit it to just one or two. I might have to sing for you. Is that okay? That is, I would love that. You have a beautiful (laughs) voice. I am impressed at your willingness to just sing for people over the world to hear. I would, I would talk to them, but I don't want to sing for them. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm okay. Actually, I'm the reverse. If you want me to sing, I'm, I'm good with singing, but I can get all tongue tied if I talk to you. So (laughs) just let me sing and I'll be good. Um, There are several that stick out in my mind as favorites because um, for one, they masterfully marry together both revelation mm-hmm. and then a response. I love that. Yeah. For example, I mean, everyone's favorite is Spafford's It Is Well With My Soul. And yeah. this line, I think the line that I'm going to sing for you is just, there's, there's no equal. I'm pretty sure there's no equal. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought my sin not in part but the whole there's our truth there's a revelation our sin not just a bit of it everything is nailed to the cross and i bear it no more praise the lord Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Just floors me every time. I can't sing it at church without weeping. Like I can't listen to you without weeping. <laughs> I'm over <laughs> just crying and crying because it is so beautiful. I can't sing it without crying either. It's amazing. I've been asked to lead worship before. And mm-hmm. I said, do you want someone who's going to cry the entire time? Because that will be me. I'll <laughs> just cry. And there's another one that we used to close at, at my old church. Every communion service, we would close with Philip Paul Bliss's Hallelujah, What a Savior. I can't remember what the actual title is, but it's guilty, vile, and helpless we, spotless lamb of God was he. There's our revelation. Here's our response. Full atonement, can it be? Hallelujah, what a savior. I loved ending Amen. our time of communion in that, like, can you guys believe this? Yeah. Can we even imagine how amazing it is that we have full atonement laid out for us? We yeah. have a salvation, we have a redeemer, and it's amazing. Let's it rejoice. It is. Oh man, I love that. And I could just listen to you sing hymns all day and <laughs> mouth the words with you. <laughs> it's just so. Um, a few more, if I could yes, go on. Yes, please I'll go do. on forever. I just love um, <laughs> Hark the Herald Angels Sing. I think oh, it's I love that one. year round. Yes. I don't think it's uniquely uh, Christmas. I think mm-hmm. that there's just so much beauty in it that it should be all the time. Um, and of course, and can it be while cleaning toilets? Um, <laughs> he will hold me fast, abide in me, which is a favorite that I didn't know until introducing it to happy, the happy hymnody community, mm-hmm. um, which is fantastic. Like yeah. I, I am no expert here. I am learning right along with everyone else. This is, this is something that I get to do alongside everybody. And it, what a privilege to be mm-hmm. able to, to learn alongside the community. As far as modern hymns go, I 
adore what I'm seeing from um, City of Light in mm. Australia. Um, <clears throat> if you haven't been blessed to listen to their songs, go right now mm -hmm. or ask your Alexa to make it happen. Like sing, sing those songs. They're amazing. Only a holy God, ancient of days, yet not I, but through Christ in me, Christ is mine forevermore. Actually that last song, Christ is mine forevermore influenced the naming of our, our last son, Peregrine. Oh, wow. Peregrine means sojourner or pilgrim. Oh, and yeah. that song is all about walking this road of this life as a pilgrim that we're going to be hated that we're we're going to have a hard time but that's okay because christ is our reward christ is ours forevermore so yeah. huge huge blessing to all of those songs that are coming out of city of light are absolutely phenomenal and worthy to be put in a hymnal like straight yeah. away I, I'll link that in the show notes as well so that people can just listen to that easily after they're done listening to this because I know they're going to want to. Yeah, it's awesome. So we've, I feel like we've kind of already covered why it's important for us to teach hymns to our children, but just kind of give me like a clear picture of what, what kinds of things you think that hymns teach. I think that we probably share the same ideas about that, and, but what, why is it important to teach hymns to our children, or even to ourselves, even to learn them ourselves. So this is big and heavy, but firstly, hymns cause us to wonder and to grow. One of my favorite hymnologists, Kevin Twitt, who leads a group called Indelible Grace, that they often take the words of old kind of forgotten hymns and mm -hmm. puts them to new tunes. Um, they, he retunes hymns with a more modern feel so that it just feels like something that we can sing today with confidence. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he, I was just reading an article that he wrote and he said, hymns are theology on fire. Hymns wow. are theology and expressed in beautiful poetic language that really get at the heart engages mm -hmm. your mind and imagination. They help us to sit for three or four minutes in the mysteries of the gospel that fill us with wonder. I just love that. Like, yeah, there is just something so poetically beautiful about these hymns. And one of the most beautiful things I think is how they bring paradoxical truths of the gospel together and marry mm -hmm. those. And we get to sit in those for, you know, as long as you sing a hymn, hopefully it's longer than just that first verse, but we can let those thoughts just fill us and change us. Um, here's one paradoxical truth that I just, I love mm -hmm. it's by Martin Luther. He says, I'll praise to thee, eternal Lord, eternal Lord mm -hmm. clothed in a garb of flesh and blood, choosing a manger for thy throne while worlds on worlds are thine alone. That is just amazing. Like yeah. what songs are being written right now that proclaim that? I mean, mm -hmm. it's beautiful. And um, the more we meditate on those truths, the more it overwhelms our hearts. There's this idea within the methods of Charlotte Mason that we, we would rather use living books rather than textbooks or what she would call twaddle, <clears throat> something that's kind of lies flat, is uninteresting, doesn't engage your, your wonder and your imagination. Hymns are the living poetry put to music of, of our, 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 our history, our mm -hmm. heritage, like they are, they're living there and not in the same way, obviously that scripture is living and active, but they're, they're absolutely beautiful. And, and, um, and so good for us to sit in and wonder in and let us just um, grow in our love and affections for Jesus. Another reason to keep hymns alive today for ourselves as parents and for our children is, um, like I said, they remind us of our faith heritage. They tell us beautiful stories. We all know the value of good stories. They are just the lifeblood of education. Hymns bring us the story of the author, which more often than not involves suffering. Yeah. I've often said, I don't know why I chose happy hymnody for the name, because a lot of times it's, 
uniquely very disturbed hymnody or incredible suffering hymnody, because a lot of these hymns are written in the middle of just terrible circumstances. Um, And what better way to kind of give us a reminder and, and our children a reminder of this is actually the life that we have chosen in following Christ. You will suffer. Yeah. It, there's just no way around that. He says that we will. Our life is not going to be a bed of roses. And we want to give them the language that they need to be able to speak and sing and use to lament during those times that that this is normal, that what you're going through, the suffering is, is good. And here's a way Mm -hmm. to react when that happens. Here's what you can sing. Here's what you can pray. Giving them that language is, is a beautiful thing. Not only do we get to immerse ourselves in the story of the author, but we also get to hear the best of stories, the, the story of the entire world. We get to hear the story of creation, the mm-hmm. fall, the promise of redemption, and that the re- the rescuer who has come to reconcile us with our maker. This is the story, the only one that really matters. And having hymns in our homes and in our hearts make us to dwell and, and live in that story and rejoice in it more than we would if we didn't have them. Yeah. I love that. And I think it also reminds us like that happiness isn't the happiness of like temporary pleasure that the world brings, but this, that peace that passes understanding and the joy that God gives us in being able to have him in the midst of our sufferings and have his comfort and have his goals in that as well, to be able to say, you know, this this is not what I wanted, but I know that it's going to bring glory to God. And mm-hmm. not really like, I think looking at, especially mm-hmm. the authors the, of the hymns for me has just kind of helped bring to life how like this story is bigger than me. Like the story is yeah. not about me. I get to be a part of God's story as right. these people were before me. And so I just, I love that. Well, what have, have you seen God doing with happy hymny other than just making it happen? Because I feel like that in itself is just a a huge God thing. I love that story of how it just kind of happened by accident because I don't believe that God (laughs) let it happen by accident, but uh, (laughs) that it was totally part of his plan for you. So what do you, what, what have you seen? Maybe a, a story or two or just anything that you can think of that God's been doing and in happy hymny. So it's been an incredible ride and it's such a privilege to worship alongside so many families from all over the world. Mm-hmm. When I started Happy Hymnity, I, I was kind of um, anonymous. Mm-hmm. You didn't see my face anywhere. You didn't know who was kind of behind it. And I kind of liked that anonymity. Is that how you say that? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> anonymity. It's a hard word. Um, Um, I liked kind of, it wasn't about me. It was just kind of something that I was joining in with people. But at, at one point there was a song that we were singing that literally had no videos on YouTube. There was nothing. And so I was like, okay, I I need to give them an example. Right. I should just make a video. So I made a video and Ever since then, we've made a video every single time and there's, Mm -hmm. it's sort of ridiculous, but, um, these videos are nothing to boast about. They're terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I love them, but just so you know, I think they're, they're wonderful. I love, especially like when you've got your little peregrine in your lap and he's like doing stuff because I'm like, this is just real life. I love them. We don't have like any special equipment. We do, we did get a microphone at one mm-hmm. point, but we rarely even actually use it because it just takes so much. It's time consuming to like mm-hmm. set that up and, and make that work. But we just, we don't have any equipment. Usually I just set up my phone and try my hardest to get one take. And that when it happens is amazing, but mm-hmm. I'm not, this is, it's like pretty much doing it live. And as you can imagine, that is full of ridiculousness, Mm -hmm. um, including babies crying, people poking each other, 
it, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not great, but having those videos have been really helpful to the community. Mm -hmm. They really appreciate, I think something really simple without all the bells and whistles without, you know, the guitar solo and people going off on, on ad libs and tangents Mm -hmm. and that this just me singing with them or whatever family that's doing the hymn that month, like just simple and we're singing Mm -hmm. with you. And so I, I, it's just, I sometimes feel like just so you know, (laughs) these aren't great. Like, like, don't use them if you don't want to. I'm Mm -hmm. not trying to like make myself famous or anything on YouTube. That's like not it at Mm -hmm. all. I just want to like give, I just want to sing with you guys, give you guys a good example. But anyway, after that happened, I began running into people all the time out and about just, you know, whether I was at the thrift store or whatnot, mm-hmm. I would run into people that'd be like, you're April. And <laughs> say, yes, I am. And it's awkward <laughs> and weird. And I don't know how to like mm-hmm. bridge that, but it's also like amazing and beautiful. Cause I can just jump right into a spiritual conversation with these people. Yeah. Like the, I have the foundation already with them and ask them how they're doing and, and talk about the things of the Lord with them. So it's, it's been um, a huge encouragement or encouragement to me overall. I've heard from so many people around the world that really have no background in worship or in hymns. They didn't even know what a hymn was Mm -hmm. that were even new to the faith and then found happy hymnody somehow um, and have been able to have an easy introduction to, to do family worship mm-hmm. at home with their children. That's amazing. Like such a blessing to me and others who, who kind of knew hymns and had a background, but didn't really like want to do the work of figuring out what hymn to do and how to do it. And, yeah. and that has really like happy hymnity has helped them get started and, families are singing together and making much of our savior together. And I'm just beyond thankful to Mm -hmm. be a little bit of a part of that. Yeah. That's amazing. I love that so much. And I I can attest that in our family, it's been really fun for me to see our boys learn some of these hymns and they're like some better than others. Some months they're like, really, are we singing this again? (laughs) Yes, we are singing it again. So, (laughs) but it's just so, so sweet. And it's for me, I am, I lack confidence to like pull resources together on my own. Like, I feel like I need like something to guide me. So it's very nice to have something to guide me. So I really appreciate that a lot, a lot for my children's sake and my own. It's, it's very enjoyable for me. I can't believe I've been given the the blessing and the opportunity to, to do that and to connect with so many people. It's yeah. amazing. It is amazing. I love it. So I just have one more question for you. I've loved this conversation. It's been so fun, but one question that we ask, or I ask all of our, our guests is what is something good in your life right now? And it can be something big or little, it can be anywhere in between. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything major, but it can be. Um, I think that I I have a lot of little things that I would share with you, but I think the thing that sticks out the most that is just really good in my life right now as an encouragement to me as a mom and as a homeschooler is a magazine called Commonplace Quarterly. Mm. Um, It's just a treasure trove of resources, um, particularly Charlotte Mason, Mm. but really beautiful for any, anyone who wants to educate their children and to be, to go deeper into the resources that are available to you. I have the privilege. It's a shameless plug because I get to write about hymns in that magazine, but, um, but it's just, that's a minor part of, of the entire thing. It's, it's just beautiful from, from the encouragement from these kind of seasoned moms Mm -hmm. to the focus on art and, and different 
um, nature studies and what have you, Plutarch. I like don't even know who Plutarch is and I'm supposed to teach about Plutarch <laughs> and, and they make it easy for me. So, so yeah, Commonplace Quarterly Magazine is a good thing. I just, I, I, I received a couple copies that I hadn't gotten yet and I just want to get my coffee and sit mm. in a comfy corner and just have a time where I can read. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm definitely going to have to look into that resource for me and I'll link it in the show notes for the listeners as well. That's so fun. I love a good magazine, especially with like resources. I love resources. <laughs> it's amazing. So well, April, thank you again so much for being here today. I've really loved talking to you. It's been such a, a blessing and I, I thank you for having me on. Wasn't that good? I loved talking with April. Her enthusiasm for worshiping God is just contagious. There were so many good things that we talked about, but I think the good thing that I'm taking away from our conversation this week is just the reminder that even in mundane things like cleaning toilets, because I do a lot of mundane things in my life right now, that I can choose to worship the Creator. Because to be honest, I am super thankful for toilets. They're really great compared to what most people throughout history have had access to. And God chose to put me in a time when indoor plumbing is a common thing. So I can choose to worship God for that, even if I don't necessarily enjoy the act of cleaning a toilet. On that super deep note, what, what good thing are you taking away from what April said today? Maybe you go follow April at Happy Hypnity and start singing along each month. Maybe you go to the show notes and listen to City of Light or Indelible Grace. Or maybe you subscribe to Commonplace Quarterly. Maybe you add hymns to your bedtime routine. Or pull out a dusty instrument and start practicing by playing hymns. Whatever you do, I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll share it with someone. April said that hymns cause us to wonder and to grow. So may we go throughout the rest of our week in wonder at what the Creator has done for us. Let me pray for us. Oh God, thank you for how big you are. I think sometimes I forget how small I am and I make you small and me big. I pray that you would help me to remember how big you are and to wonder at that and to grow in my love for you this week. Please help us all to slow down and to remember to worship you, even in the mundane moments. Thank you for how much you love us. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so glad you're here, and I hope that you'll be back to listen again in two weeks.